You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I am Mary Jo Tumerit on this very kind of sad and shocking day. I, it's, it's incredibly sad and shocking. And I, I'm going to say this, and I, I really do not mean it lightly in any way. I hope it's not read like that. I mean it seriously. I, you know, we both have kind of fantasies since we're both retired now of careers we might have. And I've long wanted to be a, um, uh, a television writer. Uh, and I've always imagined myself writing the West Wing or Veep or something like that. But I got to tell you, if I was in a story conference and the proposal was, okay, in the next episode, the president gets sick, I'd say no one would believe that. No one would believe it or accept it. What, what do you think? I, I Absolutely. It's so far-fetched that that guy, the most protected person in America could be so reckless because it has to be that at the end of the day. I mean, I, somebody, you know, this morning, all these texts are like, oh my God, WTF. And I said, he reminds me of these kids, these college kids are like, it's my senior year and I'm not going to miss it. That's the, right. It's, it's my second run for president. I'm not going to, I'm going to not going to miss it. And I, you know, I am struggling and I'll, I'll put it right out front. I am a, very aware of the soberness of this. First, it's a human being and he's sick. I, I feel that. I really, really do. But even more than that, it's the president of the United States. This has huge implications for all of us. It has implications for the government, frankly. And unless we think it doesn't, you just dial it back to Woodrow Wilson, who you know was sick, he had a stroke. And he couldn't govern. His wife did that. We think back to crises we have had. Uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, after the shooting, and Alexander Haig, unfortunately, saying, don't worry, I'm in charge. No, Alexander, you're not. <laughs> so I know all the seriousness of all of that. But, but we do have to talk about the fact that this man put himself at risk time after time after time. And he put others at risk as well. Yeah, I mean, he put individuals at risk, whether that's Hope Hicks or Stephen Miller or a whole other cast of characters that we're not big fans of, but again, they're human beings. And he put the entire nation at risk. We can talk about the constitutional crisis in a minute, but as retired people, I look at what ha is happening to the stock market today, and I am terrified because my earning days are past me. This is the kind of thing that can just cause the whole thing to unravel. Who knows what's going to happen? The election is almost a sideshow at this point, because we have to live day to day with a president who nobody trusts. So he might have mild symptoms, that guy might be on a ventilator for all we know. We will not get the kind of information that we're entitled to as American citizens because they lie. And what does that spawn, John? 
the craziest of conspiracy theories that he's not really sick. He's just doing this so he gets the Boris Johnson bump. All kinds of stuff. He's just trying to avoid the debates. Instead of just taking the moment and soberly as citizens of the greatest democracy in the world and saying, okay, let's take a breath and let's get through this. Well, and one fear after another pops into my mind. I agree with all of what you said. And by the way, it did not put my heart at rest that Lindsey Graham came out and said, I talked to him and he's doing okay. Hey, sorry, <laughs> Lindsey. You know. Yeah, well, uh, trustworthy people in Washington. Yeah, I, we just keep seeing the nose grow longer and longer. You're just not, not my guy. But among the things that I thought right away is Tuesday night, Donald Trump stood on a stage. I know it was more than six feet. But at the way he was shouting and spewing, he must have been putting aerosol out into that closed hall. And next to him is Joe Biden, a man older than him, who's, I think, 78, maybe somewhere there. Is Joe Biden infected? I, I, I mean, I know we're terrified. You know, I'm fearful for Joe, for himself personally. But are we facing the prospect? that we could come into the election with both of our presidential candidates on ventilators? Absolutely. And and then what happens? I mean, I guess the parties were on Pence and Harris. And I mean, from my perspective, that's not a horrible thing to have happen. But you, all of those things, you play them out in your mind and it, it's, it's mind boggling. You know that emoji where like the head is blowing up? It's kind of how I felt this morning when we think about all the possibilities, all of which was avoidable if Trump had had the maturity and cared enough about the country to not put us at risk. In a sense, if he had run the campaign the way that Biden has been running his, which now seems brilliant, doesn't it? Absolutely. And what you're pointing towards I guess Joe Biden's been saying this, but I'd say it as well. It didn't have to be this way. It didn't. And as recently as Tuesday night, we know now in strong authority, uh, good reporting, Donald Trump's family is sitting there at the debate. Uh, representatives, supposedly a doctor from the Cleveland Clinic, came up to them and said, can you please put your masks on? And they said no. Now, I'm not telling you that Donald Trump got it because of that. I'm not telling you anything like that. But that has been part of the pattern. When it came up about masks in the debate, he made fun of Joe Biden. He said, oh, that guy, you know, he wears a mask all the time. Even if he's 200 feet away, it's the biggest mask I've ever seen. It's covering his face. This whole thing that masks, which we know are the way that we could be controlling this pandemic. He has mocked that. Uh, I think it's wonderful that he can reach his pocket and pull one out and say, here, look, I've got one. What do you use that for? When do you put it on? And now you are facing that reality. So it's interesting. I mean, Trump has, since the beginning, and we know a lot of this actually from the Woodward tapes, politicized the wearing of masks, the pandemic. But one thing you cannot politicize or, or you can't control with politics is science and the virus. So, 
you know, I know there's all kinds of tweeting and everything going on about, you know, Trump's comeuppance. I don't care about that so much, although that is fun. It's the the clear indication that he does what he wants to do despite the consequences. I mean, he went to a fundraiser last night not feeling well, this is the reporting, not feeling well and having known that Hicks had had tested positive so that he'd been exposed. Any other human being that had done that would be seen as so irresponsible. And I think we've talked about this, that it's like the kid who, you know, is exposed, doesn't have their test results, and mom lets them go to basketball practice. And we're all appalled by that when the whole team then ends up COVID positive. That's what Trump did. He went to a fundraiser last night without masks and exposed all those people, his supporters. He doesn't even care about his supporters. Does really confirm all the reporting that he thinks his supporters are dopes, idiots. And it's really disturbing, John. (laughs) Yeah, and I, you know, I, at the risk of kind of mildly repeating what you said, but I, I have a friend here, a colleague, and uh, he teaches. He's got four little kids. Uh, his wife also also works. So his little boy, who is in, I don't know, second grade maybe, got mild cold symptoms. The school told him, following their protocol, we need a COVID test before he can return. This got messier because the doc, his doctor said he doesn't need a test. He just got cold symptoms. All sorts of things going on to get him back in school. And it was not just a question of get this boy back in school. It was a question that my friend had to then take the week off from his, his job or else pay exorbitant child care. The reason I tell that whole story, that's what happens when a second grader has cold symptoms. But when the president has cold symptoms, he goes ahead. He goes ahead. There's no protocols because of the same thing that we've heard time after time. Nobody gets to tell the president anything. Yeah, I mean, his life isn't disruptive, but the handling of the uh, the pandemic, uh, COVID, has disrupted our lives so deeply. And I, I personally resent that. That doesn't mean we don't all need to be careful. But, it, you know, what's good for Goose is good for the gander. And I'm not so sure that Trump has ever understood the imperatives of leadership. So the imperative of leadership is instead of t- tweeting whatever he did, um, you know, First Lady and I have COVID and we're feeling fine, to make a statement, which I guess he isn't tending to make a statement, to come to the nation and say, we have to take this seriously. I'm sorry. I should not have done what I did. That's the kind of leadership we need now. And what do you think are the chances we're going to get that? If Donald Trump gets on TV and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask doctors to triple check him because there is something (laughs) really changed in in his brain. I, I, I'm not kidding. You You know, I, there's a story I've used before and I'm not going to do it again in detail, but it was about, uh, a U.S. Navy ship that keeps radioing to this Canadian, uh, naval, uh, identifier 
to veer to the left. And finally, at the end, the punchline is that the Canadian naval unit says, I'm a lighthouse, I'm a permanent fixture, you better veer to the left. And the point of the story always was, you can say what you want, you can be the toughest guy in the world, but someday you come against reality. Now, if you had any sense, you'd realize when you're talking about science, you're not talking about some political party there that like those are science and that's the other opinion. We're talking about reality. And Donald Trump has now come up against reality. He can say what he wants. And my guess is he is going to say all sorts of things, but he still has the infection and he can still infect other people. And he can die. I mean, he's a 70-some-year-old man with comorbidities. He's at, at, yes. at great risk of this going real south for him. You know, not, none of us want that to happen, not just because of the constitutional issues but and the chaos it would create, but because he is a human being. And maybe he doesn't feel that way about the rest of the people he leads. But as human beings, we feel that way about him. But I think it's true what you're saying. These things should be creating a reality check for Trump and his supporters. The question is, will they? And the thing we don't know sitting here on October 2nd is a month from now, how will that affect, if it has any effect on the election? It, it has to. Because it, has. it is very hard for me to believe that someone looks at the situation and says, Donald Trump, he's the leader. He's the guy that I want to vote for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in politics, they talk all the time about an October surprise. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is that. I think this is the October holy crap. That's my new political term. There, there's a tougher version of that, but I, I toned it down for us. Man, there's so much we didn't talk about uh, and we need to get to, but I guess we better close it up. Yeah, we might have to do a weekend special, John. Yeah, could be. Have a good day. Bye. One. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.